Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, we are continuing to record this podcast remotely for the safety of our guests and our team. So on with the show. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time. How are we? Are we good? You're keeping it together? Are you ready for another slice of fine wine and conversation? Good, because that's exactly what's coming your way. Welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks well-known friends three thought-provoking questions, all washed down with three glasses of wine. And this week I'm joined by a trio of women who are no stranger to wine and conversation. They are the hosts of the brilliant podcast, Drunk Women Solving Crime. If you haven't heard them at work already, please do. The show is a treat. With each episode, seeing them joined by a celebrity guest who shares their own experience of crime Mm -hmm. before they move on to a real-life true crime story that they all attempt to solve together whilst drinking. You're sold, aren't you? I know. Hit the subscribe button. So let's find out who these funny, tipsy crime busters are, shall we? Well, Hannah George is a former stand-up and award-winning writer. She's written extensively for children's television and Paddington the movie, fancy, and writes and directs online sketches that have clocked up over 120 million views. She was raised in the Isle of Wight and now lives in London and got her start in comedy after gaining a degree in it at Southampton University, where she won Paramount Comedy Student Comedian of the Year, which led to her being hilariously titled Officially Britain's Funniest Woman by the Sun newspaper. Sitting alongside her is Kate Wilkins, a comedian who also writes children's books as Catherine Wilkins. She lives in Hertfordshire with her husband, fellow comedian and podcaster Richard Herring, and their two young children. And completing the lineup of drunk women is American comedian and a woman who was a former psychotherapist, Taylor Glenn, whose Instagram also suggests she's a mean baker, especially in lockdown. Raised in Pennsylvania, she married a Welshman with whom she has a daughter. And after a stint in Wales, they now live in London. So get ready to pop your corks. I'm dialing up the drunk women. Oh, girls, seriously, thanks for dialing in because I realise you probably spent most of them 2020 like this sat in a small room with headphones on you know trying to pull it off as a living (laughs) although I know uh, some of us Taylor have been baking because your Instagram made me feel shameful oh well that's just my we all have different kinds of self-care and that's mine lockdown started and I thought I will eat a bag of flour every day (laughs) I'm gonna look after me (laughs) and you did my god if if Bake Off don't come calling there's something wrong I'm just putting it out there you I should know, but go I want to be on the I want to be on the celebrity one, so I'm like waiting till I am really successful. So I, it's, I'm going to be a hundred years old, but I'll get on. Are you crazy? You only started comedy at, what at thirty, and now look at you solving <gasps> you, crime. I know that you do research because I've listened to this before, but I'm like freaked out. Like, do you know about <laughs> that speeding ticket I got in '96? <laughs> 
No, but I want to understand because this because there were gaps, right? So I'm being just generally nosy. This isn't even anything to do with the questions. Where did you meet your husband, and why did you come to Wales? Oh my God! Um, I want to solve this crime. Why? Um, and it's hard to say which one of us committed the crime. Who was the victim? A little bit of both. <laughs> Um, well, I came over to London kind of to take a late onset gap year because I was a psychotherapist in New York. I had this really that. serious job. Proper job. Proper not job. This, not this nonsense that we all do. No, proper grown-up <laughs> job. Well, this is the funny thing with comedy is so many people do this crossover into the psych professions, but it seems like it usually goes the other way. So you've got like... Pamela Stevenson, Ruby Wax is mm. trained now. And I'm guessing yeah. that's the healthier way of doing it, like starting <laughs> in comedy and then growing up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I went, no, I don't want to <laughs> be a grown up anymore. So yeah, I moved over here with my friend and I had every intention of going back to the States and I met my husband at the tail end. And seriously, when I was a kid, I used to tell my parents that I was going to meet somebody in Ireland. I didn't know about Wales, fair enough, but obviously a Celtic <laughs> thing. And I said, he's going to have black hair and blue eyes and I'm going to marry him. And then I saw this guy and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so he had, the, Spooky. he had the right coloring and that's all it took for Taylor Glenn. <laughs> so you, you just up sticks and stayed the other side of the world just for that. It's true love. It is. It's so romantic. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think that's lovely. It's so proper girls, romance, uh, proper romance. So, so girls, I know that you're good together, but I, what I wanted to know is how did you get together? Where did where did this beautiful thing begin? <laughs> good question. Well, we sort of we all met through comedy, so we yeah. all come from a stand-up background. Um, so Katie and I met about, God, actually you shared a picture with me today on Facebook that was us in Edinburgh 12 years ago yeah so we must have known each other because we shared literally a bed in Edinburgh didn't we like we've yes. shared that like, <laughs> out there was only one single bed in the yeah we took, we took it in turns with the bed <laughs> we did not be on one on the floor and then I was yeah, like did I, you? I, <laughs> I so romantic <laughs> apart from the night Hannah brought loads of boys back <laughs> <laughs> genuinely so they could sleep on the floor because I'm a yeah. nice person and it turns oh. out not someone they want to roof but you know it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like I pushed Katie into her relationship with her husband a little bit yeah. because you, you were seeing he, he had a double bed terrified and, and I was like why don't you go and stay with that great guy again yeah, yeah like you have bed two nights in a row yeah and get all those boys back to not plan anyway <laughs> The youth is, uh, uh, what is it? It's, yeah, youth is wasted on the young, isn't it? And uh, what would we give for one of those days, those nights right now? Yeah. So, so you've obviously shared sort of a variety of flea pits on the comedy trail, as, <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of solidified the friendship. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you remember what your first impressions were of, of one another and be really honest, just in case, you know, they're not glowing? Um, also, I think, Hannah, we first met at, it was probably the tail end of 2007 at a gig in Southampton, I want to say. Yeah, you jest at uh, the you Talking jest. I'm not saying yeah. it meant more to me, Katie, but um, that is where we were. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember thinking that you were very funny and you had all those jokes about being bullied and you read out from your diary. Oh, yeah, yeah. That girl's a victim. That's... I reckon I could be her friend. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be grateful for me. <laughs> And God damn it, I was. 
And I remember actually seeing you and seeing your stand up for the first time. And I remember thinking, wow, she's like Stuart Lee, which I don't know is what really slurring you. Because like, <laughs> genuinely, it was just your deadpan kind of, I'd never seen anything like it. I, I just, I thought it was brilliant. And Taylor, what were your first impressions? Do you know what? It's it's along similar lines. I feel like this happens with women a lot, that you connect on a vulnerability, a shared vulnerability. And I met Katie and Hannah much later on. Um, I don't know where I was doing gigs that I never met you guys. Sure. I, whatever the equivalent of like the dark web, I was on like the dark circuit that <laughs> nobody knew about. I was in Budapest and shit. What can I say? I'm big in Eastern Europe. But I, so Katie invited me to her house because she wanted to create a sort of um, comedy NCT group, sort of saying like anyone who's had kids in this profession, it's just not the same. So when you get together with like your regular baby club people, they just don't understand what your life is like. So I went yeah. to Katie's house. I knew who she was. Um and I get really nervous when I don't know anybody. So I net Prosecco, like <laughs> proper drunk. And Katie had had a shitload of Prosecco. And I don't even know how it started. Katie, I feel like we barely said hello. And we just started talking about our mothers. Yeah. Like, I... we're like, my mother damaged me. My mother damaged me. And it was just the rest was history. I was like, we are connected for life. Yeah, yeah. We properly bonded. It was so random, but so great. It was great. It's great. And then I met Hannah through Katie. And then we wrote a, a script together, which you'll be glad to know. Um, <gasps> nothing came of it. So, <laughs> but, but it did the rounds for three good years. Did the rounds for three solid <laughs> yeah, a lot years. Of meetings. Yeah. Ooh, so many. It was in such solid development. It was so much promise, as with everything. <laughs> um, but we got along so well. And it was in that waiting period, that excruciating, like, is anything going to happen with this? And we're like, well, we work well together. What should we yeah. do? And Katie had been holding on to this title, which she told both of us about, because I can remember being at Katie's house again after a lot of wine. And you said, oh, I've always had this title, Drunk Women Solving Crime, but I don't know what it is. And we just sort of went podcast, right? Sat in a grimy old pub. <laughs> and the f just sort of made up the format. We're like, how could we do this? And it sort of turned into a quiz. It was like, well, if yeah. we quiz each other on the details of cases and we go way back in time so we can laugh at it. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of how it came about. Yeah. It was like that organic way you're sort of joke pitching and then you're like, no, actually, this has legs. I'm not even joking now, you guys. <laughs> and have you been have you been surprised by how quickly the show's grown and the momentum it's gained and the guests that you've managed to, to secure are amazing? I mean, I didn't know what to expect. So everything has been a complete surprise. Yeah, it's properly like snowballed. And I think if you've been in this industry long enough, like generally the snowball melts immediately. But we've yeah. actually snowballed this time. And yeah. That's been really exciting. And I think like there's that expression, isn't there, that success breeds success. And like, so the bigger we get, the more people are going to say yes to it. Um, so it kind of just makes sense. But and we, although obviously we, we've been going for about two years now, and although podcasts have been around for 10 years, I think maybe even in the last nine months because of lockdown and stuff, so many podcasts are there now. Mm. But I think we got in just before maybe. And we the became big explosion. People. Literally, it's like as the lift doors were closing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, what is Indiana Jones. Yes, Indiana Jones. <laughs> Except we're going to ride this wave. I don't want the next wave. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wearing the white is a great image. Don't leave the glass behind. <laughs> 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 that would be an excellent sketch. That would. <laughs> so are you ready for your first question, ladies? Yes, please. 
I'm sticking with a slight crime vibe here. Okay. If you could perform a citizen's arrest on anyone from your past who has wronged you <gasps> across the course of your life, who would it be and what's their crime? Oh, that's such a good question. Do you know what? I'm so pleased you like it. Oh, my God. But I'm going to answer whatever I end up thinking of. And then I'm going to want to ring you tomorrow and go, no, tomorrow. I've thought of a better one. There's loads of people that have wronged me. And I'm more annoyed about this one. I'll <laughs> smash cut for 40 minutes time. <laughs> yeah. still talking. I won't shut up about who I should have picked. I love them. Like, Jim. Oh, that's amazing. It is one of those. Oh, it's so brilliant. It's like, I don't yeah. want to get it wrong because this yeah. might come to life and the universe will be like, well, you answered. You answered Kate. But so. Your mind's like a, like an Ikea catalogue right now of yeah. all the things that are swirling past going, yeah, that one. That We're one, like that Sherlock one. Holmes with all the people that have annoyed us. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just, yeah, just, just somebody that you'd just like to teach a bit of a lesson. They don't have to go to prison, but they will have a citizen's arrest. And it, let's make it quite public. Let's, let's, let's throw in a dash of humiliation. Because there's the other issue of how dark do we take this? It's like, <laughs> light, right? oh. <laughs> yeah. People that should have really been arrested. That's a whole other category. <laughs> Shit, that's my second question. <laughs> you know, I have these vague, it's so funny how you describe like everything going by. And I have like, I, I never had like super horrible experiences with bullying, but I definitely had some years in, um, elementary primary school where I just felt so different than the other kids and I was this sort of like now I get it I'm like oh I was the creative weirdo but I didn't know that then I just knew that I wanted to wear like weird vintage clothes and nobody else wanted to like break the rules like that um, and I don't have one person in mind but I have like this image of just like a whole bunch of blonde girls no offense Kate not all blondes. <laughs> Hashtag not all blondes. Um, who are just pretty ruthless, but I don't have like a specific, I've just kind of blurted out, but I would, could I, can I arrest a group? Yeah. I'm going to arrest. Okay, that I, mean, let's do it. What did they do? Yeah. I'm going to do a citizen's arrest on this um, sort of lump of girls that I remember. <laughs> lump of girls. Lump of girls. A group of girls who bully are, is called a lump. Yeah. <laughs> the collective it's, noun for bullying. It's, a, is a lump. it's not a flop, it's <laughs> okay. a lump. Yeah. Not a school of fish, a lump of mean girls. Yeah. Mm. I always remember like people, well, I say people, my mum used to say, they're just jealous of you, Hannah. And I was like, oh, I'm not, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really sweet. And God, I mean, love her for it. But it is that thing of, yeah. Yeah. And I agree that bullies are probably the, they, you know, as Katie knows from my uh, teenage <laughs> diary, uh, they were in my life as well. But in a way, I'd like to thank them because actually, like, without them being so awful, like, oh. literally every single piece of success I have in my career, I'm like, fuck you, name elected, <laughs> because <laughs> they can give a shit. I've, I'm friends with them on Facebook, of course I am. And like, Are I you? they're getting on with their lives. Oh, two faced. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. ugly children but the point is that I kind of I don't know yeah part of me wants to thank bullies yeah. for yeah just making also, you the miraculous son of a bitch that you are <laughs> yeah so we have this running thing on the podcast which we started doing because we always get really positive and compliment each other and we'll be like no you were talking no you were talking and so we will sing this jingle female workplace 
And I feel like what Hannah's just done is so female workplace because like we're supposed to be doing a citizen's arrest and you're like, I would actually yeah. like oh, don't to worry. thank my tormentors. <laughs> I'll, um, don't worry, I'll subvert Hannah's. Watch this. Yeah, oh, okay, come on, cool, Katie. Cool, cool. Did it come on. Black void, Hannah? Did it fill it? Or do you still cry at night? No, there we go. Yeah, who would you arrest, Katie? Okay, I've got it. I'm going to pick the really horrible boss that I worked for in a pub who actually mm-hmm. hit me. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, oh, let's definitely arrest him. Like real life, her. Yeah, or him. It's, it is officially assault. Um, it wasn't hard, but it shouldn't have happened. Um, so I was nineteen, working in this pub in my holidays from university. So I'd just finished my first year, and I was not a very worldly or confident nineteen-year-old. And um, everybody hated this guy. He was quite the psychopath. And we had to, like, everyone was just terrified. They were like, oh, you just have to watch out for him because he's just so angry. And, like, everyone just accepted their fate. And I was like, oh, okay, is this what we do? And then, so when you took an order, you had to hang up. You gave the chef the yellow bit and then you hung up the white bit. And then you checked if they'd had their starters and then you ticked it off. So I was looking at the white bit to check who I needed to tables to clear. And I and I went like this to like look at the thing above me. Like, sorry, for the listeners. My hand yeah. is on, I'm stroking my chin in a thoughtful pose, like yeah. checking the next thing I yeah. need to run off and do. Lost in thought. Let's call it lost, lost in thought. Lost in thought. And he slapped yes. my hand away from my face and went, wow. don't touch your face. <gasps> like as if I was some kind of hygiene hazard and it wasn't COVID times it was like <laughs> I was 19 um, yeah and then I just like I didn't I sort of it just really derailed me and then like I didn't I wasn't like didn't have the wherewithal to go oh that's assault I'm gonna report you or that's not okay or you shouldn't have done that so all that happened was I just shook for the rest of my shift oh, oh, no. did you not did you not stand up to him and say you no. can't do that I yeah because I just was a like oh. a very path- more pathetic but no I treat myself with love but I was not confident but um so I kind of went into the toilets and just kind of like tried to calm down then I came out and I remember I was making like you know the Irish coffees they had on this pub menu where you had to put in loads of sugar and then the cream would float so I was like trying to do this and you had to get it quite high but not too high and I was like shaking so much I was like spilling it everywhere with these four coffees on this tray and he was just like he was watching me so happy he was like he had his arms folded and he was so smug like watching me fail at like putting these coffees on this tray and he was like yeah you like he was so satisfied that he'd completely disrupted my inner like psychology or whatever so I would like to publicly uh punish him because I couldn't do it when I was 19. People in that position are often sadists though I've done I've done a lot of waiting tables and I feel like the managers were just really pathological yeah really messed up. So um, anybody else that you think is worthy of the cuffs? I remember when I was uh, when I graduated from uni and now I did a degree that like it was a degree in comedy writing and performance it was the higher education equivalent of running away with the circus like literally it's and I am a comedy writer now but to be fair it's nothing to do with that degree I did and like and I was the only woman on this course so like um wow. all of us graduated I was the only girl that did that did it so it's sort of which is how you ended up Hannah with being labeled the the officially officially the funniest woman in Britain by the Sun newspaper oh god yeah. you see this is it this is the thing and it's so yeah. stupid because I did this stupid degree it and was I kind great of... for our show in Edinburgh though sorry continue <laughs> it was because Katie and I were doing a show in Edinburgh the year I graduated and suddenly 
the, the year of the boys. The yeah. year of the boys, as as yeah. it's well known. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so in a way, it was kind of good PR for Edinburgh and stuff. But I th I think for me, the person that I would put in the cuffs was basically well, it was this like um news. It was this media company that were like, oh, we think this is quite an interesting story. We want to run the story. Do you mind if we run a story on it? And I sort of relatively naively said, yeah, fine, do what you want. I don't care. But that was a sort of stupid thing because then all these articles came out quoting things I'd never said. Like they didn't ever ask me for a quote. Oh, and wow. I was saying, well, really my hero is Victoria Wood. And which is <laughs> fine. Like I was like, oh, actually you've made me sound cooler because I probably would have said like someone else. But but it was really weird. And it made me think, fucking hell, like people, everything you read in the newspaper is completely bullshit. Even yeah. the story about this 20 year old who's graduated. But this, um, but I do remember as well that this, photographer showed up at like my parents house having not given him my parents house's address wow and then he was like oh i've come to take some pictures for the thing and then i sort of checked it out and he was a proper photographer but then he was like uh will you jump off the wall kind of like going yeah and will oh you do God. this and do that and he was someone that and i'm amazed will you jump off the wall you know like because <laughs> that's why well you know, that like, says i I've won. I'm winning at comedy, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, like graduation photos when people jump in the air. Right. Exactly. Uh, Age 20, I was confident enough to say, actually, no, I, I don't want to do that. And he got a couple of pictures that the picture in the newspaper, The Sun, I think. Um, literally, I mean, it just looked terrible. I looked like a clown, essentially. And I, I, it's not from a vanity point of view, but it was from a, I could feel him trying to make me do mm. so they could make me look like an idiot. And wow. so I'd put him in there because I was a kid, you know, I was 20. I yeah. didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I was so lucky that I thought to myself, do you know what, Hannah? Don't yeah. stop off. Or, he didn't ask that. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't want to be made to look a fool. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that he's probably somebody that if you're sort of going around taking photos for newspapers of people who aren't famous, who don't actually know... Who have never been briefed yeah. on all this protocol. Yeah, stop like... trying to make them look like idiots because I've yeah. already got a degree in comedy writing and performance. I don't know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Okay, my second question for you, ladies. It's, it's a relatively simple one. When did you last do the right thing at the wrong time? Ooh. 
I have a great answer to this. And I was with Hannah. This is going to pop right into my head. So we met up outdoors. It was all kosher. And we're in a lovely garden in Dalston, catching up over some tea. We might have had some flasks too, but that's by the by. <laughs> and Flask. what's a flask? A flask of like whiskey, essentially. <laughs> it was <cool>. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, okay, great. I had just didn't know it was like, I don't know, you're, you're drinking out of a juicer at the moment. You, I don't know, it could have been turmeric. I really like, I'm very experimental with my, yeah, my, my drinking vessels, I guess. I had wine in my water bottle, I'll put it that way. And it was the kind with the little straw attached. And I was like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. But we also had tea, it was legit. So Hannah went to the toilet and this um, homeless woman came in with one of the people that, sort of looks after the grounds in the garden just sort of accompany her and let her ask for money but sort of keeping an eye on her right and nobody was giving her money and I never carry cash ever 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 but I was like well I'll look in my bag who knows maybe there's a coin in there and there was a 20 pound note that I totally forgot I had and in an instant as she was walking up to me I just thought, well, I didn't know it was there, so I never would have spent it. So it's almost like it doesn't exist. So I just pulled it out and she just gasped like she was in shock. And as Aww. soon as I started talking and she heard my accent, I could just tell she was like, this idiot doesn't even know how much money. <laughs> I'm like, there you go. But it was, yeah, it was like a really sweet moment. But it was sort of like, oh, what? What could I have done with 20 pounds? Like donating that to a charity would have gone a lot longer, you know? So it's just one of those moments where it was like, did I do that for me? I don't know. It was just a weird moment of like, this section. Impulsive generosity. It's nice. At university, a friend got dumped by this guy that I had never liked. And she was like, oh, I'm so distraught. And I was like, come to the pub. I'll, you know, we'll have a drink. I'll cheer you up. And um, so we're having this like debrief and she's like really devastated and loves this guy. And instead of being like, yeah, this sucks. Poor you. I saw this as an opportunity to be like, I never liked him. And um, I thought it was kind of a dick actually. And he was quite oh, boring. No. And I like slagged him off so much because I was like, oh, finally, I can just tell her I've only been tolerating this jerk. Um, and now, you know, this will make her feel better because she won't miss him now when I slag him off loads. And then they got back together. Yeah. Of course they did. <laughs> and then I didn't see her for ages. <laughs> I had one girlfriend that told another friend, yeah. and we all organized over this, that she was being um, cheated on. <gasps> and she got angry at the friend said, I, you know what, I'd rather I just I just didn't know. Now I've got to deal with it. Oh, wow. And you're like, oh, ow, sorry. I just thought I was saving you from the fire, but oh, go man. ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That, that doesn't feel right, does it? That's a no, fascinating that, response. Yeah. I, I, I know, you would never see that coming, right? No. 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 Mm. Wow. Your denial is so strong that even with presented with evidence you're going to hold on to that it's it's head frying material there it's funny though because like sometimes what i worry about with podcasts is it's like sometimes with our podcast i'll like get a message or read something from like a friend of mine from school who i didn't really know who listens to the podcast and i'll be like 
oh my god, they'll know that the story I told where I was a fucking hero is not true. Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never lie, but I kind of definitely sometimes massage that truth. But I don't know whether you find this like, you know, when I'm tweeting or something, I'll always kind of slightly change the tweet to make it funnier like I had a thing that I did a majestic order of wine the other night and I ordered so much that they um, offered me free wine hire no free glass hire <laughs> and that I'd awkwardly have to ask for two glasses but you're still struggling to think of a time that you've done the right thing although the timing was off I mean it, it leads us to question have you ever done the right thing <laughs> Wow, this is super revealing, but no. Um, no, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like when it's kind of come back on me or, oh God, and I'm sure well, as soon as we finish this, we're going to think of a perfect one. Of course. Hannah lives in a consequence-free environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bitches. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm someone like Touchwood that I sort of don't attract drama. So I'm just even trying to think of any drama, really. Do you know? That must be amazing. She's got very healthy boundaries. She's a marvel. I don't understand her. I get upset about it sometimes. I know, really? I... So, so, so what drama it does not find you and you do not find drama? Well, see, Hannah, and I've always marveled at Hannah about this when I met her when she was just 20 or whatever she was. And like, I remember her telling me one day that she doesn't say yes to stuff if she doesn't want to do it. And I was like, oh, what? We're allowed very to powerful. do that? Yeah. <laughs> so like, she won't be that person that flakes out at the last second because she won't have said yes. If she's not, she only says yes to stuff she's going to do and that she intends to do. Who I'm has like, those yeah. boundaries at 20? This I is know. what I mean. This is what I mean by I get upset. It's I want to study you. I almost want to uh, go back to my old I am profession. studying her. Oh, I, I am I am gonna throw it in there. But actually sometimes, like certainly in lockdown, now that we've been allowed out and now we're not allowed back out again. But when we were allowed back out, having hankered for so long mm. to be out and to see people. I was saying yes to everything. And then I got the fear. Oh. I was like, it's too much, it's too much yesing. Yeah. And and I felt like I couldn't say no to anybody. And but then <laughs> to count all of that, I'd go and have a brilliant time and think, I'm so glad I said yes. Ah. So sometimes yeah. you yeah. you might be you might be missing out. You just don't know. But I I admire the confidence in an assertive <laughs> I think I also don't have a fear of missing out like I kind of if there had been a great party and I wasn't there I'd just be like it was probably because I wasn't there it was a great party I didn't want to ruin that for <laughs> <laughs> but I do know what you mean about lockdown like coming out of lockdown and feeling but that's when I think the boundaries are really good because you know actually you had to use that time very cleverly didn't you you had to be like I have to only see the people that I really want mm. to see or like there's a reason why we yes, should... I'm risking my life <laughs> yeah it's gotta be worth it <laughs> yeah that's why I gave up stand-up you know because I was like oh wow I'm not enjoying this anymore and it's not what I want to do with my career and I think anyone that has done stand-up and slowly given it up it always feels like it's sort of like almost like a failure of it but actually no it's, it's a decision and it's like this is not what I want to do because I'd always find myself saying yes to gigs and like, you know, traveling to fucking Bermuda or something for 20 quid and I have to pay for my own hotel. I'm like, why would I do that?
Now, in the olden days, and I'm not going to be precise about that, just back in the days, mm-hmm. uh, the average human lifespan was 42 years. <gasps> so if you were living in the olden days and you knew that 42 years were all you had, yeah. how would you have lived your life differently and what bits would you have skipped? Jeez, Louise. Because let's just have a little cap recap. Uh, so officially, like in the old days, I'm dead, five years gone, 47. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm not even here right now. Uh, it's almost uh, like a Derek or Cora moment. I d- well, I have nine years left. I'm 33. 33. Brilliant. Lucky you. You've got nine years left to go. Taylor. I'm 42. That's why I gasped. I'm like, I'm, de- I'm dead tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally living on borrowed time. Yeah. And Katie. I've got exactly two years. Right. I've got to really okay. start living now. <laughs> so, so when you think about it like that and you go, okay, I mean, I can't even ask this question. I'm dead. Um, but what would you have done differently? You know what? I I have a, a roundabout answer to this question because I think that I've done some, I, not a, I've done at least some of the stuff because my, when I was in my early twenties, my mum got cancer um, and she has survived, but there's like loads of people in my, we all get cancer. Like it's all, we're in, I'm in a moderate to high risk group and not everybody has survived, but my mum did. And it was quite obviously a, a strange time. And I yeah. honestly think that, and I don't think that I was consciously confronting this because I was a repressed, like underconfident person, but on some level, I obviously had the shock of mortality and this is it this is not the rehearsal you know do I really what you know what matters but not consciously subconsciously and I think um I honestly don't think that I would have tried to do stand-up comedy if that hadn't happened because I I I, yeah I think on some because I was like oh I quite like comedy I'm a fan but I'm very scared of stuff um, and I wanted to write and I wanted to write funny stuff and I wanted to, you know, I didn't know how to do it. I just read all the books of my heroes and how they did it. So I was like, well, I know I, I could look through the timeout listings and try and book a gig and try and write five, a type five, but ah, that's not me. I don't think it'd be funny enough. But then I think on some level, I was just like, again, not consciously, but I think part of me was like, what's worse? Like you're going to die anyway. What's worse? 50 strangers think you're a dick or you never try and you don't know and you haven't really lived. Mm. So I think that on some level that pushed me forward creatively to try all the stuff that I was too scared to do. So in a way, I feel like I've lived my best life. I don't think that. But I but I do think that um because I don't really do I don't I'm not really actively pursuing stand-up at the moment. And I, I wouldn't say I've quit like Hannah. Not that, I'm not calling you a quitter. I'm trying to use your, your words. You, you chose to, it was your decision. Um, but I, I would say like I've paused. I, I would, I still write down material that I want to turn into something, but I just never gig and do anything with it. Um, so I don't know if I've got safe and comfy and I'm not doing all the stuff I technically want to do, or, you know, I've got kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I feel like I've, done like like a you know just stupid stuff like gigging at the comedy store it is like that was on my dream list when I was 15 that I didn't think would have ever happened and I so kind of like part of me is like my 15 year old self would be very impressed with my life 
But it's, it's great that you feel that you've done that, um, Katie, that you don't have that sense of regret. Yeah. I remember, you know, I, I remember thinking that myself when I, the, you know, I always thought, well, I could die quite happy because I've done everything and more that I ever wanted yeah. to do. And then I, and then I became a mum and I thought, shit, I can't die. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Which is quite a dark thought, but I really did. And now I'm like, oh shit, I've really got to stay alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much pressure to stay alive. I yeah. know. It really is. Oh. I even had to, you know, you know, I mean, like recently my son was going, if you don't stop smoking, you're going to die. And I'm like, you're right. I know I can't say, no, you're wrong. You know, that, yeah. that's, that just flies in the face of science. So I had to give up smoking just so I don't die. Yeah. yeah. I can't die now. It's death really, is not an option. Really, <laughs> and yet an inevitability. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so true, though. Yeah. Us getting all morbid. No, okay. No, um, true. I mean, just to keep that morbid thing going, I just to echo what Katie um, <laughs> said is, I think the reason why I am like I am, which is like pretty, pretty positive and kind of like, is like so. When I was seventeen, my best friend died in a car crash, and that is just oh. like that was the thing that. Like, and I, I mean, I can't even remember what I was like before because I'm like, after that, you know, it takes a while to sort of rebuild yourself. But I was like, yeah, yeah. it's not the dress rehearsal, is it? It's like, she's not here anymore and I'm here. And I always remember that one of our drama teachers was a stand-up comedian and she'd taken Jenny, my friend, up to Edinburgh, like as a sick former, and she was like taking her shows and stuff. Wow. And I was like, and she was like, We've got to go to Edinburgh. It's amazing. It's incredible. And I was like, Yes, let's do wow. it. And then the following year, she was dead. Jesus. And I was oh. looking at this thing saying like comedy writing and performance course. And I was like, wow. well, maybe I'll do that because comedy is my love. I love comedy. I want to go to Edinburgh. An expensive way of going to it, an even more expensive way of going to Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, but and also quite time consuming yeah. yeah three years what was i thinking <laughs> oh, could have just gone to edinburgh yeah <laughs> see a panther hannah <laughs> yeah i know and I, but you know she told me about this like sausage and mash shop she went to so i oh went there God. and i did that oh, you, know, did you remember her yeah wow. and i think from that moment like i've always lived my life with that thing of it's you know she doesn't get to do it so i want to sort of achieve all my dreams not for her for me I mean completely selfishly I'm the one living it but you know that's definitely sort of like spurred on by that yeah put me onto a path of like literally I'm only going to pursue happiness of myself and everyone around me and people I love because there is nothing else really is there there's just like Mm. you want the people you love to be happy and yeah so I weirdly it's a very positive experience from something that was obviously quite awful yeah, but that's the you know that's three instances that we've discussed right there that have gone on to be profoundly life changing in terms of your attitude and appetite for life. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I sort of I sometimes think about what I would be like as a person if that thing hadn't happened to me, and there's not that many things in my life that I can say with are that defining, and mm. that that moment and yeah, and it feels actually in retrospect I've made it into a positive, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're now you're now living your life for like you've only got forty two years, you know, in as much as <laughs> yeah. as much as you don't want to miss a moment, you don't yeah. want to miss a beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no point yeah. in sort of yeah pursuing anything that doesn't make you happy as long as you're not hurting anyone else. Then or just all that doesn't help, you know. Like you don't waste you don't waste time worrying about stuff, Hannah. You're like you you know or just I'm thinking about me now as well. Like just if it, what's the benefit of this? Does this help? 
like I, I want to, I've got to be in my bonnet about helping lately because I, I don't feel like I help. I want to help. You feel a bit useless. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So, so, but that can, and then it can feel quite reductive and you start to think, well, who am I? Because you're somebody's mum, somebody's wife, somebody's colleague, but you forget, who are you? Yes. And I, I think all of us have struggled with a bit of that this year. Yeah. Like a service provider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're like Virgin. You provide service. I was until pretty late. Hi. Because <laughs> she says no to stuff that she doesn't want. <laughs> oh my God, it took so long to find the right one. But, uh, she got it. Oh <laughs> my God, but that's so true. You even waited for that because it, like, I got it out of the way. <laughs> Cinderella. Yeah, that's yeah. done. <laughs> Cinderella. <laughs> What's this? What's, what is Cinderella? Well, I just waited until I found the right one that fit. I guess that's not exactly what I mean, but I just mean sort of, I didn't rush into that either and just said yeah. no. Did you not? Oh, God, you're good. <laughs> you're so good. Do, do you, you know, when I said, are there any bits that you'd skipped? I think sometimes the most tempting thing is to skip the bits that hurt. And I was really thinking about this and I was thinking, but actually they're the most valuable bits. Yeah. The painful bits are the educations and the things that really help you to evolve. Yeah. So I have that thing with my um, with my to-be husband. He is like, um, he's a, a stand-up comedian as well. And we met- To-be husband, otherwise known as a fiancé. <laughs> oh my God. I just, I always say fiancé and I feel like oh, I can't say. It's a very fancy word. It's a little too fancy. Literally, since we got engaged, I've not called him it once because I just feel it's too wanky. Can you say it on the podcast? Show him you love him. Come on. <laughs> My f- f- fiance is. Um, Yay! <laughs> but like, I met him at around the same time as I met Katie. What, like, um, 12, 13 years ago? Yeah. Actually, and 12, 13 years ago, I was twenty, and he was, you know, he's a little bit older than me, so he was like in his thirties. And we met, and we got on, but that was not the right time for us to fall in love and get married and spend the rest of our lives together. Yeah. So actually, the things have kind of and doing things at different times like when we sort of re-met again seven years later it was kind of like oh wow this is totally the right time we're both in the right place for this can i can i just can i just point out right thing wrong time there's another one i didn't realize yeah please put that in your vows (laughs) yeah you were the right thing at the wrong time wrong time I was having my Edinburgh boy parties at that point. (laughs) (laughs) The floorboys. I'm so happy that life expectancy is different because (laughs) I came to life at 40. Like if my life were ending, I'd be so mad because I feel like I think you're supposed to feel in your 20s when you're Hannah George. Like I finally feel... put together and brave and like I'm living out loud I'm living my authentic self and it took me that long to do that I didn't know how to set boundaries I was always I'm a people pleaser I was too worried about being liked and I made bad decisions as a result I let people treat me badly as a result so yeah, you could say I've learned from that, but I would certainly erase a few of those instances where I was like, no, I think I build enough character. We can get rid of that one. Like, <laughs> But Taylor, even as a trained psychotherapist, you talk about making all the same mistakes that we do. Um, huh. and, and Why aren't you smarter I mean, than this, Taylor? <laughs> yeah, surely, surely you know better. It's such a shame. I'm, it's such a shame. No, I know, but it, it is such a shame. I've had people genuinely ask me that like oh I get it, it cracks me up when people say that about parenting like oh you must yeah. 
parent perfectly because you know exactly <laughs> what impact you're going oh. to have. And I was like, no, there is such a thing as hyper self-awareness. Yeah. And actually that works against you. You know, oh. I've worked with people that have no self-awareness whatsoever. And you try to sort of instill that, but you can completely be the other way. Um, yeah. So I don't know which way to go because then there's also schools of thought. So like if you could get into my brain when I'm trying to decide how to discipline my kid, I'm like, do I be, should I be young right now? Should I be, you know, Dr. Spock? Should I, you know, so I'm going into all these things. She must yeah. think I'm crazy because I'm just like yeah. uh, trying to decide what to do, trying to do it perfectly. Well, like big old ships, you need to keep putting a coat of, you know, yeah. rust Yes, absolutely. Time to time. I love that. Checking in. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I love that. I love that there's an honesty about what you do as a what did as a profession, and the fact that you can still be, you know, human. Yeah. I think it was harder to admit that while I was practicing, and I think there was a bit of a bravado. You know, I can remember going in for cl clinicians' rounds, and I feel like we were always sort of we were careful with each other, and we sort of there was a bit of a one-upsmanship of like, oh, oh no, yeah. I was on top of that, and like, so let's be so capable. So my twenty-something self thought she was the sophisticated all put together and that's what I mean I almost feel like I've gone the other way like I just have let myself unravel like I'm a fucking mess but I'm living my best life right now yes. you know what ironically though like you are the best like you're one of my yeah. best friends. I think if I'd met you like when we were both in our 20s I'm not sure we, we would have got along because no. you tell me stories about sort of being in these Manhattan bars with like six olives in your martini or whatever yeah. and I'm like I just we just in a power suit. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I love about hey, ha as well. Is it just brings Hannah, right, right person. Yeah. Wrong time. Hey. There we go. It's yeah. everywhere. And Hannah would have been in the Manhattan bar with her cider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were drinking in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. Hannah, it's a sleeping, sleeping on a bed of tired boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's been a running theme, guys. Thanks very much. It genuinely makes me sound way more exciting. I gave them the bed. I let them sleep on the bed. I know. There was two boys in the bed when I got home and Hannah was on the floor. <laughs> two men in the bed and Hannah on the floor. Well, to be that's like how every threesome I've had ends up. So that sounds... <laughs> What does I we actually don't. We actually don't need you. Oh, no. it's that's what that's what Hannah told me happened, and now I'm. But thanks for coming along. <laughs> yeah. Hannah I was doing an experiment and then yeah, trying to save face. Real, it's a real problem. Like, oh, I gave them the bed. Yeah, it wasn't an attempted yeah. threesome. <laughs> a botched threesome. Brilliant. What a lovely note to end this show on. <laughs> Sorry, Hannah. <laughs> Uh, ladies, thank you so much for your time and um, your conversation and, and for joining me in a couple of glasses of wine. It's been a pleasure. How was White Wine Question Time for you? Yay! So much fun. I <laughs> drank too much wine. <laughs> thank you so, so much. Um, if you haven't, do subscribe to the Drunk Women Solving Crime podcast. It's a hoot with crime and wine. That's all you need to know. Can have that for the posters. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, girls. Bye. Thanks so much. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show and you fancy rating and reviewing us, we'd love that. It really helps other people to discover our catalogue of conversation. As always, the show is produced by me, Kate Thornton, alongside Michael Bartolomwich for Yahoo UK with Callum Goddard Mocklow on editing and co-producing duties. Our music, as always, is by Andy Bell. And we have endeavoured to drink responsibly making the show today and would suggest that if you're drinking, you do the same. 
but I'm not going to tell you what to do because right now I think we've got enough rules going on. Stay safe, my friends. We'll see you next week. <laughs>